Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rockin' Retrospect. I'm your host, Nick Bambeck. Today, joining me is a returning guest. It's David Schnellwar. How's it going, David? Fine. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, again for coming on, David. We have had you on multiple times on this show. You came on a few years ago to talk about Cheryl Crow, and this was long before she was nominated and then swiftly inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2023. We had a really great episode that's in our archives. Check it out. And we've had David on to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. David's a really good friend, but he's also really good with numbers and statistics and finding information. And I always love hearing about his findings and i really really uh appreciate his knowledge of not only the rock and roll hall of fame but popular culture at large so i'm really grateful he came back and we're going to do an artist-centered episode and we're going to talk about lenny kravitz today and the reason why i invited david to talk about lenny kravitz is we did a draft episode about a month and a half ago and we had that episode which is also in the archives and we let five other guests and, and then myself each pick five rounds of artists that we think would be on the nominees ballot for the rock and roll hall of fame this year. David not only won the draft because he drafted Cher and Peter Frampton, but he went with his very last pick who was Lenny Kravitz and won the entire draft. And even in the last episode, when David was talking about Lenny Kravitz, his enthusiasm and his praise for Lenny, was very much noticed by me and I wanted to invite him to talk about Lenny's career because I feel like Lenny is a very oddly underrated figure. He's super famous, but I don't think he always gets the credit or due that he deserves. So that's why I invited him to come on the show tonight. So why did you pick Lenny Kravitz in the draft episode, David? My first hint of it was Cheryl Crow's Instagram story. She was at the iHeartRadio Music Festival in September with Lenny Kravitz and she posted a picture with Lenny Kravitz and his lead guitarist, Chris Ross. And it said, Lenny Kravitz needs to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just saying. And I noticed it was at the iHeart Radio Music Festival. And to those who don't follow the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame closely, John Sykes is the president of Enter Entertainment Enterprises iHeart Media, which is iHeart Radio. And he is the chairman of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Foundation, which replaced Jan Wenner, formerly of Rolling Stone, after all the controversy Jan Wenner had. So I like to Google, do a Google photo image search for, of John Sykes with various musicians. And I Googled John Sykes with Lenny Kravitz. And I came upon earlier the same year in 2023, Lenny Kravitz hosted and performed at the iHeartRadio Music Awards. So I was like, if he performed at two iHeartRadio events, Maybe he really has a chance. And Cheryl Crow said it too. That gave me the, the initial idea. So I took a chance. And they're, plus, they keep talking about how they want more women and more diversity. If you want more diversity and you want to go beyond hip hop and R&B, Lenny Kravitz is your go-to. So I took a chance. And plus, at the same time, he was serious contention for an Academy Award nomination for Best Original Song for his song from Netflix film Rustin, Long Road to Freedom. He was nominated for every film award for song except for the Academy Award, but he got close to it. So that he had just had a lot of stars aligning at the same time, and it actually happened. And I think I was the most surprised of it all. Yeah, when you mentioned it on the draft episode, we were all a little taken aback because he was a little off the radar in our moment. And to be quite honest, in hindsight, 
he really should have been more on our minds because two almost a year and a half ago, he was at the 2022 induction ceremony where he inducted Lionel Richie. And I'll say this to the listeners because I was in attendance in the room when that ceremony happened. The crowd went pretty wild for Lenny. They they cheered him and they were hollering for him and it went a good several like 30 seconds to a minute. People are very happy to see Lenny and he gave a really great speech inducting Lionel and it showed off his personality and he had humor and it reminded me a lot of when Duran Duran inducted Roxy Music in 2019 in the sense that they get a reaction from the crowd like a really big one like huh like maybe their time is coming soon and it eventually worked out for Duran Duran probably the same way it's going to work out for Lenny Kravitz who like David said he's appeared at multiple ceremonies and uh and uh concerts for the for the hall and also as we're going to talk about he has been all over award shows and media appearances and all that sort of stuff. So I really liked it. So I feel like he should have probably been on our radars more. I feel like part of it too, is that he, uh, he was on my prospects project. I know people know this, like the rock hall prospects project where I rank people he's been on the list. So I don't know why in that episode, I totally just felt surprised, but it was the final draft pick and I was so happy you picked him. Oh, thank you. And another hint was he did the Prince tribute, the year within he died and performed when doves cry. So he wasn't completely out of the question. I think people have too high standards and maybe they're blinded by critics' opinions, but he was always a possibility the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like in hindsight, we should have probably thought about it how you uh, just articulated because it shouldn't be to anyone's surprise, especially the John Sykes connection with iHeartRadio, which uh, like I know you showed me that when that happened in real time. And yeah, I was kind of floored he also has a new album coming out i think in may called blue electric light is it called yeah so so he has a lot of things going for him at one time so we'll we have to see now if he makes it yeah i'm curious and uh this is his i believe 35th anniversary in the music industry too so this it feels like a very full circle moment coming for lenny if he gets inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame this year the reaction to Lenny Kravitz's nomination has been kind of lukewarm in a lot of the the circles that we follow. And I always liked Lenny Kravitz. I think it's almost like the same scenario that we faced when we were talking about Sheryl Crow a few years ago, or even Dave Matthews Band or Foo Fighters, in the sense that these are artists that I always thought everyone sort of liked, and I never really understood some of the negativity or the fact that people are like questioning their abilities or their worthiness for an award like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I invited David on tonight to talk about Lenny Kravitz and put in a more um, articulate way of A, why is Lenny Kravitz important? And B, why is he worthy for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And the answer is, I think he is absolutely worthy. And we're in this conversation is going to illustrate that as we go along. Um, so I wanted to invite David because David's the only person I think I wanted to talk to about Lenny Kravitz because he got the draft pick right. And also he's been following his career quite closely. And I think that this will be a very, uh, illuminating conversation for our listeners to kind of take Lenny seriously as they definitely should. I am very happy that David joined us today. And the first question I want to ask him is something I ask for every guest when we do an artist episode. And that is, what is your earliest memory of Lenny Kravitz? My earliest memory was I used to watch MTV. I was late to getting MTV. I got it in 1987. 
And I first saw Lenny Kravitz's Let Love Rules music video in 1989. It was a buzz bin, which was MTV's artist to watch, the next big thing. They called it the buzz bin at that time. And it was in rotation. And he just stood out to me because he wasn't typical. He was an African-American singer-songwriter, and he had a Jewish last name that really stuck out to me. I heard this interesting story. He, um, he had like a 15-minute interview when he brought his demo tape of Let Love Rule to record executives, and they passed this note around. And then he later learned the note said, Prince meets John Lennon. And that kind of shows how, he, how his music was, in a way, kept evolving. Absolutely. And those are two iconic figures to be compared to. Let Love Rule kind of is his give piece of chance, if you think about it, kind of anthem. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's actually a really great um, story. I didn't, even, I didn't even know about that story, to tell you the truth, uh, <laughs> until he said that. And he was married at the time to it girl from television, Lisa Bonet, who was the star of The Cosby Show, and then later the spinoff of A Different World. Her celebrity really helped all that. And he got more well-known in, in the spotlight for it. And he was nominated for the MTV Video Music Award in 1990 for Best New Artist. He unfortunately didn't win, but he lost to Michael Penn, no myth. Michael Penn is Sean Penn's brother. Yeah, and it's kind of weird to think that, in hindsight, that Penn beat Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz, that must be a myth. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, there's, they, they actually once did a thing on MTV News about it, how... Madonna lost Best New Artist to Eurythmics, and Whitney Houston lost Best New Artist to Aha, you know, Take On Me. It was a big year for them. And they actually listed Lenny Kravitz losing to Michael Penn. So it was like kind of like their regret, like they realized how big the later artists have became. Yeah, definitely. That's a good first memory. And I, I love the fact that you remember him when he debuted. Yes. Because that helps give a lot of context because, you know, sometimes when you look at things through the the lenses of the present to look back in the past, sometimes things might get a little muddled. So I was really glad that you got to witness his debut and have that memory. Well, that's why when you asked me to come on your show, I, I said to you, I have to, I have to witness the artist debut because it's more of a clear picture from now from then till now. I'd have a hard time if it was before I was born to go just read the history. It's, it's much different when you actually witnessed it happen. Absolutely. I, I think that actually really helps give a lot of context. And also you have, you have that connection a little bit better with the artists that you pick when we did Sheryl Crow and now we're doing Lenny Kravitz. That was a good yes. first memory, David. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and for my first memory, I was born in 89, ironically, the year that Let Love Rule debuted. And my first memory was the uh, album Five, which featured two really big hits, Fly Away and American Woman. And I remember American Woman being in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, and that song, which is a cover of the Guess Who's 1970 classic, just stuck out to me. And I just saw the music video for it on probably VH1 or MTV, I forgot which one, and looked like what I would consider a rock star. He had tattoos, he had piercings, he had tight clothes, he just defined cool, and I was like, who is this guy? And then... He would release a Greatest Hits album later that my parents bought, and they had a few albums of his, and I was kind of amazed by his range and his talent, and I've been a fan ever since. Let's move on to talk about Lenny Kravitz's career. So when Lenny Kravitz emerged onto the music scene in the mid-80s, he became, like David said, almost a pretty big star, mainly because of his talent and also the fact that he did come from a showbiz family and the fact that he 
was in a high-profile marriage with Lisa Bonet. And that really, really helped elevate his star. Almost like the way to maybe equate it is like how Chris Martin was married to Gwyneth Paltrow just at the same time that Coldplay was emerging into the mainstream in the early 2000s. I'm just curious, David, with his first few albums like Let Love Rule and Mama Said and Are You Gonna Go My Way, those were really, really big albums. And he kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm just curious, how did Lenny Kravitz stand out in that era, in like late 80s and early 90s? I think by reintroducing different sounds, styles, and genres to a new generation, and his image definitely helped him. He was considered a fashion icon. He's considered good-looking, which definitely helps to, for people to remember him. Doesn't get enough credit for the talent he has. Like with the Let Love Rule album, his debut album, he played every instrument on that album. I mean, I saw an interview with Rick Rubin, and Rick Rubin was even unaware of that. And it all helps his credibility, I would say. Absolutely. And when we talked about this earlier, about him being essentially a one-man show, doing all the instruments on Let Love Rule, it reminded me a lot of Prince, who is one of Lenny Kravitz's idols, and also Todd Rundgren, these iconolast performers who can do it all. And you don't really hear Lenny Kravitz get all that uh, praise or just how much talent it takes to do something like that and to make an album that goes platinum and helps him become a star. You know what I mean, David? I feel like those people are held in a higher esteem for whatever reason. And I never hear people say, oh, yeah, did you know like Lenny Kravitz pretty much did all the music on that one album or on well, multiple I, albums? I didn't know about it before I researched. I knew I was coming here. It, it, Prince actually reached out for him as soon as he heard Let Love Rule. Prince was like always mysterious like that. He would like somehow get your number and reach out to you and you didn't expect it. And they became friends ever since. And he's definitely an influence to that. Yeah, no, it's almost like a triple threat. It's you're able to play multiple instruments and it should be, people should be aware of it and it should get more credit. Absolutely. And I think that just shows how talented it is. And something that I learned listening to some of his interviews with, say, Howard Stern was that he plays not only multiple instruments, but he's also a really great songwriter. And he helped write songs for other people. Like one of them was Madonna, who we'll probably talk about later. And it was a number one hit that he uh, co wrote for her, or co wrote and co produced. And it's something I'm going to emphasize in this episode. We'll get to this at one point is that when really, really famous, legendary rock and rollers want to work with you and they're demanding your number and they, collaborate with you, you're doing something right. And that's what I kept emphasizing with Sheryl Crow. I think that's really, really important, that respect that he has amongst his peers. I think that really helped him. And when you mentioned about him being a style icon and a fashion icon, I think that's absolutely true, that he had an image that stood out. He looked like a rock star. And I said this before, but he defined cool. He's always the coolest person in the room. And he looks like someone that you would consider a prototypical rock and roller. I just think that that really helped make him stand out in many ways. Yes, definitely. When he arrived on the music scene in the mid to late 80s, I think that he just, he forged his own path to make his musical identity unique to him. And he took a lot of things from his childhood that he loved and made it distinctly himself. And he has like a voice and a sound that you really can't separate or mistake in him for anyone else. And I think that's what helps make Lenny Kravitz such a, a, a unique artist in that sense, because he just was such a nonconformist when it came to trying to be pigeonholed to one 
style or genre. And I think that that's really important for his musical legacy. And uh, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that later. Let's talk a little bit about the music that influenced Lenny Kravitz. Who are some artists that influenced him, David? There's a lot of people, but I really thought about this. And um, I would say Stevie Wonder, Bob Marley, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, and Miles Davis. And I think if you add all those artists up, you get it equates to Lenny Kravitz in a way. Because you hear elements from all their music in his. You know what that tells me, your answer too, is that they're all of different genres and styles. Yes, he keeps evolving with genres and styles, which is should be more noted. Absolutely. You could, you could mention others. I mean, his first concerts was Jackson 5 and James Brown. When he was five, he was exposed. Duke Ellington, he, he met. And of course, with Prince, it's really endless. There's just so many. But I, I would stick with those five. I think that's really great. And you have everything from classic rock or straight up rock and roll to R&B to like jazz. And just shows his eclectic side that I think he deserves more credit for. Yes, I agree. And I'll throw a few influences too if you don't mind david i always hear a lot of curtis mayfield and his voice as well like there's certain tracks especially in his earlier albums i just think that uh in many ways curtis mayfield also combined rock and roll with soul and he made music that was very unique at that time in the early 70s especially his post impressions work when he would work on like superfly and um and so on and i just think that I hear a lot of the influence of uh, Curtis Mayfield on him as well. But those five you listed are, I think, absolutely up there, too. He collaborated with Curtis Mayfield, I learned. I'm not exactly sure what, but it says. So so I'm going to tell you. So in 1990, he did a collaboration called Superfly 90 with a rapper that we both like. Do you happen to know who it is? I'm drawing a blank right now. Ice-T. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They did like an updated version of his iconic song, Superfly. And yeah, it's definitely on YouTube. And I'll, I'll send the link to it because oh, it was OK. No, I, really- I was looking at people that collaborated with it. And I didn't dig deeper to find out what that was. But wow, that's impressive. But those are some great artists uh, that you listed, David. So let's talk about some of the artists that Lenny Kravitz has collaborated with over the years, because I think not only was he influenced by a lot of the artists that David mentioned, but he worked with a lot of preeminent artists. Who who are some of them that you would like to mention, David? Well, there's a, a bigger list than I expected. Like you said, he wrote and produced Madonna's Justify My Love, and you could hear him in the background vocals. He sang on You're an Original with Sheryl Crow, Slash performs with him on Always on the Run. He has a duet with Mick Jagger's solo on god gave me everything he wrote michael jackson's i can't make it another day and that was michael jackson's last album after he passed mm-hmm. he perf- he had a cover of higher ground with stevie wonder and alicia keys he performed on jay-z's guns and roses he performed with aerosmith on lineup from their get it grip album mm-hmm. he performed with drake on sunflower he had a collaboration i mean with david bowie on buddha of suburbia it's just that's like such major names that I, I was really unaware about that before I had to research this. Yeah. And a lot of those names are Rock and Roll Hall of Famers and first ballot ones, no less. Yes. And that's all going to help in his favor. Absolutely. They all, they all vote. <laughs> they, they all vote. And this was also a lot of these collaborations happened at the peak of Lenny Kravitz's. I mean, he's always been relevant. That's also something we're going to talk about a lot. But this happened in the 90s and the 2000s. And when he was, of course, an active artist, still becoming a mainstream superstar. 
And I think even a song like Justify My Love, which was a really big hit for Madonna, was a controversial one that not only went to number one, but it was banned on MTV. And it, I think, oddly helped him and elevated him a little to become even bigger later on. So, yeah, he like more, that, he was more in demand after that because he wrote that. And I feel like people don't realize he wrote that song or co-wrote it or co-produced it. No, it definitely helped him, and Madonna gave him buzz from that as well. Absolutely. I, I agree. Him working with a lot of those artists, too, they're all over the place genre-wise. Everyone from Jay-Z, like you said, to Pharrell Williams and even Michael Jacks. The list is just its endless, and it's also so eye-opening to me in, in so many ways. Now, did he also go to high school with Slash, if I'm not mistaken, David? Yes, he, he went to high school with Slash and Gina Gershon. Wow. And Nicholas Nicholas Cage was actually Nicholas Coppola at that time. Oh wow, that's that's awesome. I knew there was some connection with Slash, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Like I said, if you're working with all these artists, you're doing something right, in my opinion. David, what do you think is the most underrated aspect of Lenny Kravitz's musical career? I think longevity, because people automatically have these high criteria and standards, and some people take critics too seriously but he lasted it's the music industry is very disloyal it's not like the film industry where tom cruise can make four bad movies it doesn't mean you won't see his fifth and lenny kravitz survived it and he's his songs are known and he's a present figure he's yearly at the mtv video music awards and the grammys and he's currently like on the cover of people magazine and he was on Esquire late last year. He's getting his due at the moment. He never stopped. And I think that's partly why he was able to stay relevant because he just kept going. And I feel like he doesn't really get credit for that. A lot of artists, they fizzle, especially from the era that he originally came from. He's one of the only ones to kind of outlast them and to still be relevant 35 years after his debut. I think that's kind of rare in the music industry to uh, find that. I think another aspect of his career that I find very underrated is his songwriting. I think people don't realize that he writes his own songs for the most part, and he writes songs for other artists. That's an aspect that I think gets lost on a lot of people because I think because he's so image conscious, people just assume he's just a singer and that's it. No, he writes his songs. He plays guitars. He plays other instruments. He produces. He is all hands-on. And I feel like that's a really, really important aspect of his career that I feel like most people overlook. Yes, he deserves more acknowledgement for that. I feel like they just think he's, I don't know, what's the word, a pretty boy? But he's more substantial than people give him credit for. I feel like another aspect that you kind of touched on, David, is the fact that he was able to heap up appearances, so to speak. And he was able to still be a major force at like any award show or function or ceremony. He's always like called upon. I feel like he's a very reliable figure in that sense. And I don't think, well, I'll take a step back. I don't understand how that is a negative on his resume. If you're always reliable, you show up, you perform, you talk, you do whatever it is that you were asked to do. I don't understand like how that's a bad thing to be present. And it's everything from performing at the Super Bowl with Katy Perry to being at the Kennedy Center Honors to perform in honor of Led Zeppelin or induct Lionel Richie into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a few years ago. You know what I'm trying to say? Like I feel like that's that's an honor but to be asked to be doing those big things. You, ha- you have to do that to keep yourself relevant and keep your name out there. And it definitely it's it's a plus and 
it definitely helps. And he's, he's fortunate enough to be able to have that exposure. I think that that definitely helped him. And also something else just to add to that with the underrated aspect, or maybe to help with the relevancy is that he kept up also doing other things beyond music. Like he, of course, was still an active artist throughout his career, but he also made movies. He made a lot of TV appearances. He acted in shows. He does a lot of products and advertisements and stuff like that. So I feel like that just helps keep his name in the conversation. Whatever it takes to do that, I, I fully support. Because like you said, David, this is a very disloyal business. And it's one that often features artists that are deemed disposable. And he outlasted all of them, or like many of them, at least. Yes, I agree. So, David, you wanted to talk a little bit about the critical assessment of Lenny Kravitz by mainstream journalists and critics. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, I feel like he was stereotyped because he was initially compared to Jimi Hendrix because of his race. and He was like miscategorized, but he was also very yes. much trying. They were trying to make him something that he wasn't in many ways, right? Yes. Well, he seemed to be superficially judged, I would say, between his image and his race, and he was automatically compared to Jimi Hendrix. But there are several artists through the years that you could compare to other artists, and they were definitely influenced, but they weren't as treated unfairly like that. Like, for example, the Rolling Stones. Take them, for example. Mick Jagger is trying to be James Brown. Keith Richards is trying to be Chuck Berry. And then if you go 10 years from that, go to Aerosmith, they're trying to be the Rolling Stones in a way. Lenny Kravitz, he has a really wonderful quote that I think kind of summarizes how it is, is that, or how he feels is that confusion makes people uncomfortable and they can't put a finger on me. And I think that that's partly why I like Lenny Kravitz is that he's not bound to any genre or any style or anything. And the fact that the critics or maybe publications or they don't like the fact that he is a nonconformist when it comes to his music. He does whatever he wants. And like you mentioned, David, like the artists that influenced Lenny Kravitz, they're all from this dysphoria that we know as rock and roll, jazz, rock, soul, funk, all these things. If you put it in a stew or in a pot, that makes Lenny Kravitz, right? And the fact that he is a nonconformist to any particular genre, he dabbles his toes into different styles. I think that makes him the ultimate rock star. He is uh, eclectic and he's also open-minded and he stands out because he carved his own path, made it successful. And he's still, like we're saying, he's still relevant. His music holds up. People know his songs. Like the critics don't necessarily get the last laugh or the last say in determining his legacy into something especially like the rock and roll hall of fame it's the fans and really the respect i think of his peers that matters way more than any pitchfork or rolling stone writer or editor well not every artist is beloved by critics and they some are able like a bon jovi for example or even cheryl corlaster i wouldn't say she's really beloved by critics and they're able to maintain and their songs are known and they're able to sell and they're able to do well in their concerts it, it's people are just have these high standards and high criteria and it's all subjective in a way. Absolutely. It's definitely subjective, but I think the fact that Lenny was able to outlast his contemporaries for the most part and was able to really adapt with the times too. Like he branched out to beyond the music and still made music, but he did other things that just kept, kept his name alive in the press and in the media. 
And that's why we're here today talking about him. And then something else I wanted to ask David, because we talked a little bit earlier about this, about the artists that influenced Lenny Kravitz. Who are some of the artists that he influenced? Well, in an interview in Esquire, Jay-Z actually was quoted saying, there'd be no Tyler the Creator without Lenny Kravitz. So I'm going to list him. I will say Ben Harper, D'Angelo, Steve Lacey, and Her. Her actually um, was quoted saying that she was interested in playing the guitar because of Lenny Kravitz. There was at a recording academy function. I think uh, Steve Lacey is the one that I hear a lot or the most obvious heir to Lenny Kravitz. And he had that song Bad Habit a few years ago, a really big hit. And if people get a chance, I really think that they should read this Billboard interview that they had with Lacey and Kravitz interviewing each other. And it's just a really beautiful interview that really articulates why they both respect each other. He is one of the biggest music acts of the last year or two. And I feel like that really helps convey that as well. And I didn't realize that her was really influenced by Lenny Kravitz too, David. It's, I think what like Lenny Kravitz did so well, and I might've said this already, but I think it's worth repeating is that he, like a lot of these artists are fusion, these styles together. They're kind of challenging our perception. Like what is rock and roll and what is soul music or what is whatever genre they're working with. And they're taking all these like influences and put in essentially like in a gumbo uh, pot and just, fusing them together and they're making themselves more unique. And, and I don't think Lenny gets enough credit for that. And some of those artists that you mentioned are so indebted to Lenny Kravitz. Cause I feel like part of the problem with Lenny Kravitz is a lot of people think that like, he's not all that influential or he's some critics have called him a poser, which I think is kind of BS personally, because I feel like he's too much of an original in terms of like how he approaches the music to be a poser. But you know, I just think that he um, he definitely has a, a pretty good musical legacy. I think the thing is he reintroduced the genre, certain genres to artists that that brought it to their attention. Because I'm sure most people would say Jimi Hendrix or Prince, who originated certain sounds and styles. But he, he maintained and he deserves credit for longevity, which people take for granted. I think that that's part of his um, Rockwell candidacy is that he's still relevant and he's still making music and he's still collaborating people and even like performing on award shows with various artists. And um, I think something has to be said about that. So I think you're totally uh, right with that, David. So let's move on to talk about one of my favorite questions to ask each guest. And that is if you were to make a mixtape of your five to six favorite songs from Lenny Kravitz's catalog, which ones would you choose, David? I'm going to choose his most distinctive songs. I'll have to say Let Love Rule, which I find is his John Lennon Give Peace a Chance anthem in a way. I'll choose Always on the Run, It Ain't Over Till It's Over, which is one of his bigger hits people don't realize. Are You Gonna Go My Way, Believe, which is my personal favorite out of all his songs, Fly Away, and Again. Those are really uh, some great songs. I particularly love It Ain't Over Till It's Over because... It sounds like a song that could have easily been made in the early 70s. It embodies that Philadelphia soul sound that I think is really a testament to Lenny Kravitz's talents because I, I, I think that that song still holds up and it's just a timeless masterpiece, I think. I Love Again, that was on his Greatest Hits album. That's a song that went to, I believe, number four on the Billboard Hot 100. And it's just a nice ballad, but also a, a good rocker as well. I'm going to list well, a few. What, what, well, yeah, what are your favorites? Yeah, some of my favorite songs. I actually wrote a 
longer list that I probably should have for this question. But I think it's a testament to the fact that I do like Lenny Kravitz's catalog. Some of my favorites are What Goes Around Comes Around. That's a song that I think is very indicative of his influence from Curtis Mayfield. I, I love that song. I also like Dig In, which is from Lenny in 2001. Just a nice, straight up rocker type of song. It gets straight to the point and it's very bombastic and I really like it. I like Stand By My Woman. That's one of my favorite ballads that he has written. It's a soft, tender love song that I never get tired of. And I think that also applies to uh, I Belong To You, which is a really good one as well. No, I like those songs too. Me too. And then just some deeper tracks that I... Or or do you like any uh, deeper tracks or album tracks that you'd like to mention as well, David? I'll I'll just stand by my woman also. I like Black Velveteen. Reminds me of Donna Summer's I Feel Love. It's, it's, It's a psychedelic disco type of sound mr cab driver i think because of the topic of the song which is still relevant to today i like stillness of heart a lot i feel like that's the b-side of, of the song believe i listed before i like i'll be waiting mm-hmm. um i like heaven help and i let, and i'll throw in um road to freedom from netflix rustin i feel like that's a important song that should be remembered even though it was not nominated for an academy award yeah, I'm so surprised that that wasn't Oscar nominated because, like you said, that was nominated for almost every award it seems for yes. music and uh, film. And it's usually a good sign for a nomination, but unfortunately, it was not this time. That category yeah, is so unpredictable, though it seems. It just it's so unpredictable. A who gets nominated, but also sometimes who wins. I, I, I it's just it's probably the hardest one to sometimes crack when you're trying to predict the Oscars. Um, I'll give a few of my favorite. Uh, deeper tracks from Lenny Kravitz's career. I like the album Black and White from 2011, and he has a song called Super Love that I thought was really fantastic. It's a little bit more of his funkier side, and I really love when Lenny gets super funky. The Chamber, which is on 2014 Strut, is also a really good gem in his catalog. I I just think that that's a, a fantastic song. And Can't Get You Off My Mind is another one that I really like. Oh, right. I, I forgot that one. That, that's a really good one. Well, thank you for sharing some of those songs, David. I think we have a rocking mixtape. Oh, uh, can't go wrong. You really can't with Lenny. Uh, David, what are some awards that Lenny Kravitz has won over the years? The most noteworthy is he won four consecutive Grammys in a row for the now defunct category Best Male Rock Vocal Performance. He won for Fly Away, American Woman, Again, and Dig In. And the female equivalent to that happened three times when there was the best female rock vocal performance category. And it's very ironic because it's Pat Benatar, Tina Turner, and Cheryl Crow, all who got inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in the past two years. So I think that corresponds to Lenny Kravitz. You, it, it, to, it's, it starts a precedent because those those three artists were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame fairly recently. I, I think it's a good indicator in a way. You could connect to that. No, that was absolutely that's absolutely true. It's something to point to. But the Grammys, it's it's ironic that they were the big winners in that category. And they're all the three of those females I listed just recently got inducted. And it's a good sign for Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. What are, what are some other awards that he's won, David? Oh, well, he won the best male video for Are You Gonna Go My Way at the MTV Video Music Awards. I think it was in 1993. He won favorite pop rock male artists from the American Music Awards. So it showed he was really mainstream if he was able to win at the American Music Awards. He recently just got honors from um, 
the Recording Academy's Black Music Collective awarded him the Cultural Impact Award. Along other recipients included Jay-Z and Mariah Carey, which I thought was very noteworthy. And he just received the People's Choice Awards Music Icon Award, which was a lifetime achievement in a way. And his speech on that just went viral last week. Works in his favor, I feel, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Grammy one always sticks out to me for some reason. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Well, the Grammys are very, to me, is significant because I come from an award show background. I worked for an award show website for 14 years. And it's not like set in stone what music awards you win. But to me personally, it shows how the music industry views you. And it shows that you're not a fluke and it's an accolade. And the Grammy's slogan is music's biggest night. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recently has a slogan called music's highest honor. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it all adds up and works in that artist's favor and shows they're not a fluke. And it's just because it's someone, someone like a Lenny Kravitz or a Sheryl Crow's not really on someone's personal favorite list or on their radar. It shows they were in the conversation the whole time, even if you don't want to admit to it. Yeah, so that was wonderful. Uh, now let's talk about the main event, so to speak, of this episode. Lenny Kravitz was first eligible for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2015, and he's currently a shortlisted finalist for induction for the class of 2024 this year. Now, David, I'm going to ask, what has his reaction been? But it's it's been very positive. He gave a an enthused statement about it. I would say. Also, he didn't you say to me at one point that he had the most traction on like Instagram or oh on right media yes yes platforms. I I I'm looking at Instagram all the time. He had the most celebrity comments of, out of all the other nominees this year, and I thought that was a good sign for him. I remember like Naomi Campbell was one. Janelle Monae, Ziggy Marley, Tyra Banks. Coleman Domingo, Flavor Flav, Kathy Valentine of the Go-Go's, Apollonia, who was with Prince, Jimmy Jam, Diane Warren. Some of those people are Hall of Famers, and some people have performed at ceremonies. And Well, I think the point is, is that Lenny Kravitz got a much bigger reaction than almost any of the other nominees this year, especially amongst his peers and celebrities. And I think that, that these are the people who usually vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, some of the names you mentioned or, and have, have said like Kathy Valentine and Flavor Flav and uh, among others. Um, so his reaction has been positive, I would say. Lenny has encouraged his fans to vote and he's currently number six on the van vote because now on this year's ballot, they are you are able to vote for seven and the top seven of the fan vote comprise of one ballot that counts amongst the 1,200 or so with the voters who have actual ballots. So, David, what do you think his chances are for induction this year? I think he's the male equivalent to Cheryl Crow in a way. Like, we were confident the last time I was on about Cheryl Crow's odds, and I think he has a very good chance. And I think people, you know, this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's very subjective. Every other Hall of Fame, like a sports Hall of Fame, they're based on statistics. And people don't. People are like, oh, well, Grammys don't matter and Billboard charts don't matter. But once they're inducted, it's mentioned in their bio, bio on the Rock Hall website. So they do matter. And I, I think he has a good chance. Personal friends with so many different people, and he toured with so many people who were previously inducted. So I would say it's his better odds than most people give him credit for. I totally agree with you. I think he is one of the lead-in candidates for this year, just for the fact that he is 
worked with so many Hall of Famers like you listed before. And these are like heavyweights of rock and roll. Like you're working with Mick Jagger and you're working with like Stevie Wonder and Aerosmith and Madonna. These are amongst the most famous musicians and the most talented ones that has ever been around. And I think that that absolutely matters. And I think the fact that Part of the thing with Lenny Kravitz with this is that, yeah, he's not really well liked by critics, but he had the lasting power and his music has held up so well. And I think we look at just based on the music. I think that if we're looking at artists who defined an era, defined a genre, defined an attitude, I think Lenny Kravitz is amongst those. And you were saying to me, while you were researching this episode, David, that he has worked with so many people and he has done so many things that warrants his inclusion on this list. And I don't think it should surprise anyone if he is one of the finalists for induction in April. I Something else I thought about with Lenny Kravitz was also the fact that he seems like Cheryl Crow in many ways, like a perfect artist to open the show. Like he's going to get the crowd going and pumping and he's going to be there to perform which, I mean, at the end of the day, like we always say this on our show, that the ceremonies are basically fundraisers for the Rockwell Hall of Fame and their foundation and the museum. And let's face it, if Lenny gets in, Lenny's going to perform and he's going to give a great speech. And he's probably going to open the show because he has such a good vibe and energy around him. Like he's going to perform. Are you going to go my way? or In Ain't Over Till It's Over, or Again, or Fly Away, or what? Like one of his big songs, but he just seems like an artist that would get the crowd pumping, and he's an easy name for Disney Plus and the Rock Hall to advertise. And they also want more diversity, which they're lacking on. Absolutely, and he is arguably the go-to rock star. Just something off the fly I'm going to ask is, like, if he does hypothetically get inducted, is there anyone in particular you would like to see induct him or with him well there's so many possibilities well he's i learned from researching this episode he's extremely well connected there's um a lot of possibilities slash from guns and roses went to high school with him he's i learned he's personal friends with denzel washington which would be a very inspiring choice for the rock and roll of fame um he's friends with steven tyler of aerosmith who would be a good choice um it's really anyone's possible do you have any? I mean, he's personal friends with Jay Z as well. There's there's so many different directions they could go with this. I like Slash because oh, also it could it could be Cheryl Crow because Cheryl Crow suggested the idea. Yeah, and uh, Cheryl yeah. is kind of doing really great wonders for the artists on these twenty four four belt because she was also had Peter Frampton at her induction and she performed with him on stage and even gave him a shout out as one of her biggest influences. So yeah, I would love to see Cheryl back on the uh, rock hall stage. I like the idea slash inducting him or performing because they have that connection that they were um, when they were teenagers. And I think that that would be really awesome. And also I would love to see Steve Lacey, like to get younger blood into the mix, especially more like in a performing role. I think that would be incredible. But I feel like not an elder statesman of rock and roll, but I feel like whoever inducts him, it's probably going to be someone that's a highly respected. Or it could be a movie star because he has an acting angle to him. It could be Jennifer Lawrence because of the Hunger Games, or it could be it could be someone we don't expect. 
Yeah, like the Denzel one would be really awesome because they've been incorporating a lot of famous actors and actresses as of late, like Drew Barrymore, Shirley Saron. For Duran Duran. Or Dave Chappelle. Yes, for Jay-Z. Yeah, there's plenty of examples of or that. David Even Laura, Laura Dern inducted Sheryl Crow. David Letterman for Pearl Jam, Howard Stern for, for Bon Jovi. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of yeah, unrelated most... music celebrity that are known. Yeah, I feel like Lenny Kravitz is one of those that could easily have a celebrity induct him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, yes, those the, uh, I, I think he does have a really strong chance this year for induction. And we'll see how that plays out in late April when the final class is announced. There are two questions that I wanted to ask David um, to end this episode. The first one is... Are there any artists in particular that you would like to see Lenny Kravitz collaborate with that he hasn't done yet? I guess I would name the artists that I'm most enthused about today. I would say Lana Del Rey, SZA, D'Angelo, and St. Vincent mainly. Those four. I think there, it would be... I would be interested if he collaborated with those four. Anyone you'd be interested with? Those all would be excellent uh, choices to work with uh, Lenny Kravitz. I, I, I would add Janelle Monet as well. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, Janelle, especially because she's so experimental with her music, and she's always um, very much like, I think, uh, uh, Lenny in the sense that she's a nonconformist. I think that that really would lend her well to work with him. Also, someone that I would love to see him work with is Miley Cyrus. I don't know why. There's something about her that I feel like she has a very much a rock and roll Type of energy. Well, she's I, covered rock songs. I, I I posted them on my Facebook. She covered the Cranberry Zombie. She covered Metallica's Nothing Else Matters. She really does good rock covers. I have to say. And I think Lenny would do really great things with her if they work together. Another one that I'm going to mention, and because I watched the movie American Symphony a few weeks ago, and he presented the album of the year Grammy to this artist, I would like to see Lenny Kravitz maybe work with John Batiste. I think that would yes, be really that'd be, that'd be interesting. Really good. I think that'd be interesting, especially like Batiste is also all over the place, genre and style wise. And I feel like Lenny would absolutely uh, thrive if he worked with him. Those are a few of the artists that I would say I would like him to work with as well. But you had some really good ones as well. The last question I want to ask David is that Lenny Kravitz has a new album coming out in May called Blue Electric Light, and he released that first single called TK421. And I was just curious, David, what are your thoughts on that single and how excited are you about his new album? I like it, TK241. Um, it's very, it sounds like a futuristic Nile Rodgers sound to it. It's a reference to the movie Boogie Nights. Did you know that? Don Cheadle's character is a stereo salesman and he's like, you need the TK241 and he's he goes, I don't think I need that much bass. And he goes, you need double the bass. I think that's what he says. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a very, did he say that? I think he said double the bass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was, it was a funny reference once I heard it. And a lot of people on the internet think it's a Star Wars reference. They might say that code also. I'm not sure. I kind of thought that too for a split second. And then when you told me about the Bogey Nights reference, that kind of made sense to me. I like the song as well. I think it, it's a lot of the things I love about Lenny Kravitz. It's this, like you said, like a futuristic sound, but also has really good instrumentation, like the 
guitar work and the saxophone work is really top notch on this one. It reminds me a lot of Prince, like the hooks and. Yes, I definitely agree. I was thinking Al Rogers, but you're right about Prince. It was it could have been Prince. It's a really good single, and I'm really curious how this album turns out. And like I said, what a way for Lenny to cap off the year, not only by receiving a lot of Lifetime Achievement Awards this year, but also perhaps an induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which would be like the feather on his cap to cement his legacy as one of the world's greatest rock and roll stars. He just, I mean, when I told you at the beginning why I, I thought he was possible, he just exceeded my expectations with the accolades he's been getting. I mean, he was on the cover of People Magazine and Esquire, and that was completely off my radar of possibilities with all of those. It's all good exposure for him. For Absolutely. And the People Magazine one is one that sticks out to me, because that was only like a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, I was, I'm, yeah, I just, you know, I remember when I told you privately that he was possible. No, did I tell you? No, on the draft episode, I told you it was possible. I just didn't see all these other honors and accolades coming too. It's like all yeah. aligning for him, it seems. Most most definitely. I, I'm rooting for him. I think he's a, a dark horse favorite to get in. I think people are sleeping on Lenny Kravitz, quite honestly. I think he's a very strong possibility. Yes, I agree. I think people just don't want to admit to it when it's, when it's very possible because it's not their top priority or personal favorite, but it, it's... It's the bigger picture of what's realistically likely to happen. Yep. And it ain't over till it's over. Exactly. <laughs> I had to throw that. I had to throw in a song reference just the way to song. end the episode. Yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. And I'm so glad we got to talk about all things Lenny Kravitz today. And is there anywhere they could find you on social media? I'm on threads if you really want to follow me. It's it's D S C H N E L W A R. I guess that's I'm not on Twitter anymore, so that's the place to find me. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that, David. You could of course find us on pretty much any social media platform at Rock and Retropod. So check us out there. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback on this episode or any episode that we've produced on the show. Thank you again, David, for joining me tonight. And thank you to our listeners for checking us out. Have a good one.